0: To model rail radio i'm tom barbillet and this is being recorded live on skype september 10th 2022 model rail radio is the internet's only live recorded radio show where the topic is the hobby of model rail riding. so we have on many esteemed guests and we're expecting on many more esteemed guests obviously this is the craig biscay memorial show so we're paying tribute to craig The only way we know how, by getting into the hobby of model railroading and talking some pretty amazing people. I've already had a wonderful opportunity to talk with Jim Lincoln and Tim Harrison. And we have on Giles Farble, who people will remember, is the guy who could take die-cast cars and make them radio control. And we obviously know Simon, we obviously know Martin, we know all these folk. So it's a pleasure. Literally, Martin hit me up this morning and said to me, Giles is going to be calling in today. And I'm like, what's the possibility of Giles calling in and then potentially Terry Terrett's calling in? Because literally I've been wanting to talk to Giles about automating some of Terry Territz's cars, and literally we could have the two gentlemen both calling into model Royal radio today. I'm not going to hold my breath. Other things might happen. It's pouring with rain here in Las Vegas, which is very rare in and of itself. But I wanted to welcome on Giles Favre, Giles, pleasure to have you on. Good evening. Thank you very much indeed. Lovely to speak to you, Tom. Yes, well this is a particularly special show and I have literally in front of me four die cast cars from Terry Terrence's layout. And I wanted to ask you specifically because we did talk last time about you have very particular die cast cars that you've worked with historically. And these are all I mean one of them this one is a this one is a Ford and it's from the Railway Express Agency. Have you heard of the Railway Express Agency?
1: I'm afraid I haven't. No. Okay. No. And
0: let me read out these other ones. This one is Ford sponsored. Oh, my goodness. Uh, contains small detachable parts. This one doesn't. The Tucker, which is the one that I'd like to see you convert. I don't even see. It's, it's certainly very well branded by Ford. It's a licensed Ford product. Let me take another one of these ones. So I've got all these diecast cars that are freely available. This one doesn't even have a brand on it. Anyway, I've got these diecast cars from Terry Terrence's layout. This one is a classic vehicles... Oh, my goodness. This is a GMC panel truck. It doesn't even say where it is. Oh, Martin is calling in too. So let's talk a little bit about the specifications that are necessary for you to do a conversion, and I'll get Martin on the show.
1: Well, I've, I've done a, a variety of vehicles. I mean, I started off with a, a one-ton truck, uh, but, of course, the... The sort of prerequisites really are to get the hardware in. Now, of course, very lucky insofar as uh, the the receiver and speed controller them, th- themselves, which are the real heart of it, are
0: really, really small. They're tiny uh, now. now. We talked about that last time, right? I mean, it, these, yeah. it's amazing how small they've gotten.
1: Yeah, uh, 10 mil square, three-eighths uh, of an inch square, minuscule. Uh, now, the smallest... Uh, uh, Sorry, the largest things are the servo and the battery. Uh, The the servo, the smallest servo we can get at present Hmm. is, I think, uh, a 1.7 gram, Hmm. which is still teeny. You know, it's about uh, 13 mil by 6 mil thick Mm -hmm. by about 15 mil, something Mm. like that. So it's still absolutely teeny. Yeah. But, but, of course, the smaller the vehicle, the the more of a problem that becomes. So how small are the
0: vehicles that you've done? Because these are all, they're from Terry Cairns' layout. They're all two-rail low scale, which is 1 to 43. You should be able to get these vehicles working pretty well, right?
1: Depends on the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the smallest thing I've done so far is a Land Rover mm-hmm. in 4mm scale. And oh, my scale.
0: goodness. Um, oh my good! You'll have no problem but, with any of these vehicles, I'm pretty sure. If you can do I, that,
1: well, I cheated, uh, and what I did with that was I I stuffed the servo in uh, in 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 the back of
0: the Land Rover mm.
1: uh, and put a linkage. Oh forward yeah! Oh, you'll that. definitely
0: be able to do it with these. These all, I think, have things that would enable you to do that. And yeah, right. And so look so at them. It, I mean, some of them have working hoods and. You've got plenty of you've got plenty of options to get in that, there and mess around with it. It's it's all a
1: matter of uh just finding uh that kind of boot space mm-hmm. for the server. Oh without question. And then being sneaky mm-hmm. uh to, to to get the linkage forward. And then of course, the next thing is the battery. Mm-hmm. And of course if you've got a small vehicle, you you only get a small battery in, which means you're your running time's limited.
0: Yeah, certainly. Uh but everything the, the, uses less power these days. I mean, I can't imagine well, when yes. we talked when we talked originally, and you were telling me about the stuff that you were doing initially, which was still what 2009, something like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's when I started. Yeah. And of course, you know, my first trials were, were with um, AA batteries. which Oh are, my goodness. Are you know, relatively enormous. Yeah.
0: So uh, how big were? In the, was the scale that you were dealing with then? Was that G-scale or...?
1: Oh, no, 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 that was 7 mil scale. Oh, interesting. Uh, but, of course, that was a, a small lorry. Mm,
0: ah, okay, you the, had the back, you had the back. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and,
1: and, indeed, I, I put a tarpaulin over the back to hide interesting. it. Interesting. Uh, but very, very quickly, I, I got a, a sort of wafer-thin lipo battery mm. and, and that immediately went under the load bed oh yeah and as soon as you get batteries that are only four mil thick or so yeah it just unlocks the potential and it's absolutely wonderful those early lorries i had uh 400 uh 450 mAh hour batteries uh, with the motors i was using mm-hmm. which were the n20 oh gear yeah motors. Yep, certainly i used to get about five hours exhibition work out of them interesting interesting later uh on the slightly bigger lorries Mm -hmm. uh i could get uh, a larger 750 milliampere hour battery interesting uh and i found those i could get two days exhibition out of interesting interesting uh which was just brilliant Mm. um but of course, conversely, uh, <laughs> on, on, on that little four mil Land Rover yeah. that I mentioned, uh, I could only get—I think it was a two hundred and twenty milliampere hour battery, mm. very small
2: battery—and
1: mm. you know, your your operating time uh, was—I I, never—I never found out exactly what it was. <laughs> it would have gone down to uh, about uh, an hour something. And that, something no doubt, like
0: that. was a, a show favorite operating on the layout to get the just the basic tolerance i'm assuming
1: well uh, i i have to say that particular one never even got to an exhibition i gave it i I gave it to my brother who was quite pleased with it is very good
0: and in terms of the charging and these kind of things do you do you have contacts underneath or how do you actually charge the vehicles uh
1: i've got a very very small uh two-pin connector uh the the pins uh i think uh, two and a half mil apart, something like that. Wow! Uh, and uh, I, 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 I just plug a, a fly lead uh, underneath them. Um, Interesting. But uh, lipos uh, have always had a a bad name. Yes. Historically. So what do you use now? Well, I still use Lipos. Interesting. But, of course, the, the thing is, generally, mm. people want to charge batteries as quickly as possible. Mm. And it's the fast charging, mm-hmm. and in some instances, the fast discharging. Without question. Of, but particularly the fast charging mm-hmm. that carries the high risk. Mm. And I always slow charge Without question. Batteries, yeah. uh, and I charge them at one s, mm-hmm. so uh, I charge them at their rate of discharge. Certainly. So uh, it takes it takes a, a couple of hours mm. to charge the batteries mm. because I do it safely. So mm. in consequence, I've never even had a uh, a battery even get slightly warm. Interesting. Let alone anything else.
0: Or explode. Or, when they say or explode, bad. they just mean they get fat, right? I mean, that's basically uh, the.
1: Well, no, uh, uh, they they can actually uh, get hot, fat, mm-hmm. and split and burst into flames. Very good. <laughs> uh, so, so we don't do that. We we don't get anywhere near that. Very and good. We do it by by careful and sensible management. Mm. It's mm. as
0: simple as that. I wanted to bring in Martin. I'm not sure, Martin, are you on the call? I
1: yeah,
3: I'm
0: here. You might actually learn something from Giles today cuz I've learned a bunch of stuff. Um always always learning from Always like learning. <laughs> so let's let's continue all these techniques because obviously in a show you have to you have to have batteries and you have to But I wanted to talk with you specifically about like the charging requirements and the stuff that you found with these radio controlled diecast vehicles for shows cuz Giles has been talking to me about the battery requirements and stuff like that. And that sounds like I mean, what kind of batteries do you use in your vehicles that you show at shows, Martin? <clears throat> to
3: be honest, it's Neil who sorts all that out. I think <laughs> they are six hundred and fifty
0: milliamp, mm-hmm. and they're uh, they're lipos, as they say in the yes. the business. Okay. Yeah, and <laughs> Neil
3: did the research and things, and based on what Giles has done as well, mm-hmm. and Neil worked out what battery capacity we needed Without to run a full. To to run a full day. Yeah.
0: And Uh, do you have ever, have you ever had any problem with them getting hot or anything like that? Or do you charge them slowly, which is certainly what Giles is advocating for?
3: No, I I suspect uh, we charge them uh, in a, well, I know it's in a controlled way. Again, (laughs) Neil sets all that up. I -hmm. just have a crib sheet I read and Mm -hmm. and it tells you what to plug in. And we've got a, a controller that will charge, I think it's four at a time. Mm hmm. So I just plug in the, the two lorries and the crane, and I have to set the charge rate differently for each vehicle.
0: Oh my goodness! So uh, I think uh, you probably need to go back and listen to the show. Have you ever had one of Giles's vehicles on a show layout?
4: Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we
3: had uh, initially. We we he sold his very first sort of uh, seven mil scale lorry mm. uh, to someone else, mm-hmm. and that did event that came up for sale uh, uh, at one point. Ooh. And we bought that, and that's so we started off on Theobald's Yard. Wow. Uh, running that lorry. <coughs> we are, well, me and Ken are extremely privileged insofar as <laughs> we are uh, guest operators on Giles's
0: layout Ooh. and exhibition. So, this we is guys, how you got the skill, so to speak, with regards. Because I think yeah. I've operated that lorry on Theobald Yard, I'm pretty sure.
3: Does that sound yes. right? Yes. Yeah, we would have had, on the yard. We we, uh, yeah. uh, we, we gave you the because we did offer you the Arctic, but uh,
0: <laughs> you, that was you, too had, much. Yeah, I knew I right. needed to have a I knew I needed to have a degree in something in order to operate that one. But yeah, but
3: it, I mean, it all started many years ago, uh, mm. and uh, I, I was aware of Charles of and and on various forums, and we exchanged uh, messages and stuff, and uh, we was at a joint exhibition
2: mm.
3: uh, once, and he was on one side of the. Uh, walkway mm-hmm. and i was on the other side of white oak and ken mm. was at the front operating white oak and that's when joel's had his end of the line layouts which Interesting. Uh, was the radio control of lorries emptying skips uh, oh and, and, about, et and mm. i etc and i'm sure he was a bit like the child catcher you oh know? my goodness he this, and he said come to me come to me and then <laughs> ken was drawn across and that's the last that I saw of him all weekend. Interesting.
1: Yes, absolutely. Very good. It was too most useful, and and I could take it easy all weekend because mm. I had someone else doing the work. It was wonderful. Okay, yeah. so
0: so that's I've operated. T- I've actually operated the vehicle that you described, Charles, I think. Yes, yes, yes.
1: The 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 first little uh, uh, what was it? It was the the Morris commercial. Mm-hmm. It that's was. Right, it yeah. was a. Yes, yes. Uh, it was, uh, that was the lovely little thing that started all this. Interesting. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, I had great trouble uh, finding a lorry at the time uh, that was truly to scale. Because, mm. of course, there were lots and lots of vehicles that were 1 to oh, 50 yeah. and all sorts. Yeah. But, but at the time, there was very little available that was really... 1 to 43.
0: But what's interesting uh, is, have if, if you ever met Morris... I've, I've, look, I come from Australia, and I had a friend who I went to school with who was a Morris fanatic. And the Morris fanatics internationally are so extreme that they would have to make that vehicle to... scale. Have you ever met a Morris fanatic? I haven't, I confess. I suspect that there's a reason that that vehicle was to scale, and that's because they probably sold disproportionately more... Of the Morrises than any other. Did you? So, did you know about the Morris fanatics, Martin, or am I just talking? No,
3: well, to to be honest, Tom, there's fanatics in every make. Uh, I I mean, (laughs) the the Morris lot have even got their own dancers, haven't they?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's a good joke. Have you met a Morris fanatic in England, Martin, or? Yeah. You have? I've I've met them all, Tom. (laughs) Okay.
1: But of course, one of the things was I could get a servo under the bonnet. Mm. And that was really, really good. Mm. Um, And we ended up with a a vehicle where uh, all the the things that made it work, the battery, the servo, the receiver, all the rest, Mm. it was hidden. Mm. You couldn't see it. And that that was in O-Gage. And when I started... I thought I'd have to compromise on all that. Mm. But by the time the project was finished, all these bits were were hidden and it worked. And much to my, my joy, as it were, the load bed was clear and you could use it as a mm. lorry and and put it to work, mm. and that and that was the that was the great prize, mm. and uh, and we've we've been having fun with these things ever since. Mm. When I first saw Joel's
3: one, the, the very first uh, lorry, we was at an exhibition down down on the coast. Oh, I think it was Swing. Mm. Uh, yes, was it was that one, and I was exhibiting White Oak, and Joel's turned up with this lorry. Uh, and promptly put it on the floor and drove it across the exhibition floor.
0: <laughs> well, that's a way to catch people. Speaking of the pi- yeah. Piper of Hamelin or whatever, yeah, yeah. generated a, a hell of a lot of interest. And,
3: uh, and that's where it all started. And, and, and with we, we, we used to go out a lot with End of the Line, and mm. I, tra- I tended to drive the uh, locos and do the skip tipping. Ken mm-hmm. did the lorry, uh, and Giles did the talking, which worked out perfectly <laughs> because people. The thing is, when people want to know about what you've done, mm. it's very difficult to talk about it and keep the entertainment
2: operation Amen. going. Yeah,
3: uh, so that that worked well. And then when he built his new layout, uh, Denton Brook,
2: mm.
3: uh, with even more lorries uh, <laughs> and more stuff, and the introduction of cranes
2: uh,
3: and, and stuff like that. I mean, he's uh, we started going out uh, with that again. Actually, I was on the the standard gauge element at the mm-hmm. front. Uh, mm-hmm and with the incline and and so forth, and Mm. Ken was lorry driving a lot. And that's when the, I think that's when the, yeah, the articulated Bedford was first on the scene.
0: Can we talk Um, a little bit about the the movement to articulation? Because this was certainly where I slapped my hand down and said, this is too much RC for even me as a long-time RC enthusiast. Talk a little bit about moving to articulation.
1: In some ways, it was an obvious thing to do. I got my Class 1 HGV when i was 22 i think something mm. like that um and in fact i learnt on um on a bedford tk mm. uh, so i'd always had my eye
0: interesting. on
1: interesting on, on something like that yeah and instantly incidentally i hated the bedford tk mm. uh it, it was a dreadful thing to drive oh yeah uh, well, I, I'm six foot three,
0: six foot four. Oh, you're about my um, height. Okay, interesting. Uh, right,
1: yes. <laughs> and, and it was just painful because your, your head hit the roof, mm. but your head was touching the roof all the time. Mm. And it's just grossly uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but nonetheless, <laughs> I had a soft spot for the bed for TK, Certainly, certainly. And uh, one of these foreign companies, uh, Altair or someone like that, certainly. produced really, really good model. Mm. of a bed for tk mm. a, a step above uh your average corgi or, or, or something mm. like
0: that Yeah, certainly um uh,
1: and they were never sold in this country mm. but you get them uh from spain and place places like that certainly. uh via ebay mm. and uh i i got one mm-hmm. uh and it had uh a, a box van for a trailer Ooh. and of course that that's no fun. Uh, the, the, the the box was thrown away, mm-hmm. and a, a, a new flatbed interesting uh,
0: w- w- was made. What did you make it uh, out of? Styrene or wood or something prototypical? Uh, or what did you do?
1: Uh, a bit of brass.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, wow. A frame. Wow. Is it
1: whether sh- chassis frame? Mm-hmm. I used the original chassis,
0: mm-hmm. of course,
1: uh, but um, uh, m- uh, made made a completely new load bed mm. soldered up of brass angle and brass wow and things. wow uh and then i think it's got a a, a plywood load bed mm-hmm. um uh sort of laser etched wonderful uh, to, to make it blanking. look
0: prototypical wonderful
1: yes wonderful. yes absolutely wonderful um and and of course the bat uh the battery can sit under the trailer of course uh, and you've then got room for a lovely big 750 million per hour back.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness. So that thing must have done well at the shows. Oh yeah, as I say, two days that goes Wow. For. And uh, the vehicle that you drove across the floor, was that, a am assuming that's a, what was that specifically?
1: Oh, I'm I, I probably d- driven most of them over the floor
0: at various places, oh okay so uh, this uh, is a long-term uh, method that you've used in order to entice the very uh, <laughs> good your secret is safe here i don't know for how long but let's just say that it's not not for long
1: <laughs> then of course uh it's just the receiver the servo mm. uh that has to go in in the unit mm. and that's perfectly possible to do mm. uh i did try one of these little linear servos that mm. can get, mm. uh, which worked fine on the bench mm-hmm. but as soon as you uh put the thing on on the on the floor with the trailer mm. sort of thing mm. it just wasn't butch enough
0: you yeah, know they need uh, to have some they need to have some yeah to, i guess you yeah. call it tolerance for want of a better term but yeah. yes yes yeah.
1: absolutely so I had to uh, pull that out and, and put a, a, a proper servo back in. Mm. Uh, but of course, one of the lovely things about something like a Bedford TK, it's got those nice big wheels, mm. and when you're at full lock, it really shows uh, the Ackerman steering off oh, nice. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, uh, and interesting. It you know, it's really,
1: re- looks really, really good. Um, and And performs beautifully, mm. the downside of course is you need to be every every bit as good driving one of those as you do with the full size things because it behaves identically to uh, a full size arctic uh It takes no prisoners now now Ken also has his h g v one so actually he can get his head around reversing those things um. But uh, you know, people think about oh, a radio-controlled vehicle. How hard can it be? It can be very hard. Believe me. That's
0: why I backed <laughs> away. You've got to know. You've got to know these things. You've got to know what your own abilities are. I mean, I guess the perspective with regards to radio-controlled vehicles is very interesting because obviously they're children's toys now. But yeah, certainly when I was at uh, when I was at Martin's and I saw the articulated vehicle, I knew that it was more more RC than I'd be. Good for.
1: <laughs> so it is yeah. interesting
0: it is interesting
1: yeah yes um, of course generally with with uh and it and it's sort of worth mentioning um the the models I make, I deliberately make them slow speed
0: without question, they need um, to be slow speed to be prototypical, right
1: yes, absolutely if if they're going to be on a layout yeah uh much much more useful running around slowly mm. uh so i I speed them for anything between 10 and 15 mile an hour. Mm. And in consequence, they will maneuver very nicely Mm. because the average layout, of course, they spend much, much more time maneuvering or or driving down narrow roads or what have you. Looking prototypical. Uh, Absolutely, looking prototypical. There isn't the opportunity for a vehicle to stretch its legs like there is in reality. No. So... It's completely pointless having a having a lorry or a car that'll do 30 mile an hour. Useless. Yeah. But won't do 5 mile an hour or mm. 3 mile an hour.
0: But the steering is also critical too. I think that's what's yeah. interesting is the speed, the steering. That was certainly what scared me on the articulated thing. I, saw, where I went for your old faithful because that was at least something that I could control. And even then, having... I don't know how long I... I, I I think probably five minutes. The problem, and you're probably well aware of this, knowing Martin, is that you're spoilt for choice at Martin's place with regards to layouts. (laughs) And my view was first Sunday in June was there. Have you seen first Sunday in June?
1: Uh, I've not seen it in reality. I've seen lots of photos and I love it. Well,
0: it's just, so yes, literally spoilt for choice. Didn't want to, I mean, to see a carousel going with trains on it and, all the mechanics associated with that as well, and it looks like a Spitfire wing too, which is the other thing about First Under Junior If you know anything yes, about Spitfires, yes, which you probably yes. do, you feel a kindred spirit in Martin um, with regards oh, to yeah. all these things. So, Giles, I want to say thank you very much for calling in once again to Model Rail Radio. Been an absolute pleasure. I've I've been able to get information from you that maybe Martin has never even heard, and I think every person at any trade show. That wants to show radio-controlled vehicles drive them across the floor <laughs> and just watch the people come in. I think that's a that's a beautiful image.
3: It was interesting thing you, you're talking about the TK and the speed of steering. Neil literally has done something to ours, our TK uh, mm-hmm. recently. He's done uh, something with the motor speed of the steering speed, uh, and it, I think it's uh, lock to lock is about three seconds now. That's it, right, yes. yes. Yes, that absolutely transformed mm. the driving of it.
2: Mm. Because
3: especially, as you appreciate, when reversing, they are just so sensitive oh, to yeah. the slightest direction change.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, and now it's slowed right down. It, it is so controllable. But it, it also slowed down the reverse gear. But we found that uh, we did need to speed that back up because we've got a few humps and things with reverse over on the yard. Uh, and it just needed a bit more room so he's he's going to reprogram that but it was a dramatic difference uh the control of the TK but uh yeah I mean on driving uh, a lot of stuff from Giles is loud I, I don't know if he spoke about the uh, the crane lorry he built mm. uh, with the working uh, what do you call them uh, the the jacks these oh stabilizers mm. wow and, and, and stabilized the wow line and then the, the lorry will uh, rotate round. It'll pick something up. Oh, drop my goodness. Something off. The stabilisers all come up. You can drive the lorry off. Uh, I, I, I have never actually driven that one.
1: You it, you have a problem steering stuff, don't you, mate? I mean, yeah, that's, sometimes. What, that's why you have the rails, yeah.
3: Yeah, <laughs> thankfully. You ought to build straighter roads. That's what
0: I think. Amen. Oh, man. Well, not in England. Not in England because the Romans built the straightest roads in England and we won't ever go there. Look, it's been an absolute pleasure, Charles. Thank you very much for calling. Please stay on the line. I've got a few things to to chat with Martin about. So, in terms of your model railroading update, what what has been news? What has been going on? Uh, we didn't get Simon on tonight, unfortunately, but no doubt for a future recording. What's been no, happening I just- on your lap?
3: Yes, yeah, Simon uh messaged me just before the show. He was he had only just got back from Bredgar.
0: Oh my goodness. Uh, so
3: he's he's been down there for the day. Well uh, he needs and, to rest, uh, clearly. So Yeah, well he probably needs dinner. <laughs> so uh, uh he, that, he, he he said he, he apologize he said. Not at me, all. Not at all. He he couldn't get on. So uh so yeah, uh railway wise, uh White Oak,
2: um. uh like
3: Railway, my first layout, which mm, we've probably done Close on 50 exhibitions with. Amazing. Uh, which I first started building about 26 years ago. Mm. And its last show was uh, January 2020. Mm. Uh, and it'd come to its. I'd lost interest in so far as uh, doing any more with that. Because mm. now, having gone to radio controlled lorries and cranes, we, uh, I need a bit more out of a layout. Uh, and uh, I put it out for sale. And luckily, it, it, someone bought it. Which I was uh, very pleased around So it saved me breaking it Wow And, and they're wow. going uh, to keep it on the exhibition circuit Amazing and Because they, they come from the Midlands They're going to exhibit around the Midlands first And then work northwards Interesting. We, we only ever got as far as York northwards Ooh, interesting. So we covered the south <laughs> uh, So I'm very pleased I didn't have to break it And it's going to be That's back amazing. out on the road That's really good
0: news, Martin That's fascinating
3: I mean, they they did well. I mean, uh, I I assembled the layout, so I knew I had everything and it was working. And I wanted them to take it down so they understood how they would be putting it back up again, because it's quite a lot to it. And they actually left me at quarter to two in the afternoon. They had about a two and a, two and a half, two and three quarter hour drive home, I reckon. Just before seven, they sent me a video of the layout set up running the first train, so, <laughs> which I was uh, really pleased about. So, uh, it, it's nice they've got that done. Uh, so that's that's gone and wow, that uh, g- gave me a, a fair chunk of space. Uh, so in let,
0: the... let me ask a few questions about that because obviously, last time you were on, we didn't have to, a chance to really dissect your new space. Mm-hmm. So, was the was that layout in your new space and you were able to get it out with sale, or was that layout still not yet to be moved to the new space? What's the chronology associated with that?
3: It, it had been in the new big, uh, Big space with uh, first Sunday in June mm. in the yard. And also all, all the stuff from the other shed while mm. the Denise's log cabin was mm-hmm.
0: being stored. Yes, certainly, there. the log cabin, yes.
3: Uh, and and that's how it stayed, really, for, for months and months and months. Mm. And then we had uh, the invite confirmed for the yard, uh, the first show of the 8th to the 9th mm-hmm. of October, the Great Electric Train Show in Milton Keynes, a weekend one, of which Charles and uh, Diana, Diana, his wife, are helping us operate and he'll be bringing some of his vehicles as well uh, for for that so we needed to get the yard out and uh, it's because it hadn't hadn't seen the light of day for over two years It was when pandemic kicked in it was wrapped up and it was stored underneath first Sunday in June so I moved white oak now my wife's log cabin been built into the other shed interesting so I could assemble the yard and then I was talking to Ken about I just need to get rid of it it was just taking up space Mm. so I said I'm going to take it to bits and he said why did not you try and sell it so I said well, well I'll give it a week I'll mm. stick it on the
1: Facebook <laughs> and give it a week.
0: so you gave uh, it a week and it sold within the week is that the
3: story well it sold within a couple of days That's amazing. So, uh, which was really good so mm. it, in fact within a week it had gone
0: mm. uh,
3: which was really quite useful so the, the dark thing is I had to move it all back to the, the big shed mm-hmm. to assemble the thing
0: yeah to show it to the person
3: <laughs> yeah I moved it twice in a week which mm. is, uh, and I've, I've noticed that it's got heavier, which is most <laughs> peculiar.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: It, even Ken came over to help me, uh, assemble it. Mm. And he, he said, crikey, this has got heavy. Uh, <laughs> yes. but, uh, yeah, I think we just got older in the ones. Yes. So yeah, that was, that was good. It's, it's still going to be out there. So, so
0: when I, was I, it, when, when you displayed it, when was it on the layout circuit, so to speak? What were the, what were its dates?
3: Oh God, it was, uh, a, A load of dates from probably 1998 to 2019 was probably. Oh, interesting. So, okay. So it
0: really it it was its last show. It abuts COVID. Okay, it abuts COVID. Okay.
3: Yeah, yeah. It's all about. And it's been as far as France and Utrecht in Holland. Wow. Uh, So, but just not not further
0: than Yorkshire.
3: No, never further north than the uh, York Show, uh, which was a three-dayer, the big York Show in those days. So, so it was a three day it's, it's a three-day show It's because it's a three-and-a-three-quarter-hour drive. Uh, so anything north has got to be for at least – the trouble we had is when you get too far north, we needed at least two nights' accommodation.
0: Without question.
3: Because we don't want to finish a show on a Sunday and then oh have a sort of goodness. three-, four-, five-hour drive no, home. No. So we always wanted the, the accommodation after. But, but they do Sunday.
0: that for you in France. That's interesting. So
3: Yeah, yeah France do. And uh, Holland. Uh, and oh, interesting. well looked after, I must yeah. admit, very well looked after there. Yeah, uh, and in fact, most shows where, where were were well looked after, but especially so in France and, and Holland. So it it's it's done some it's done many thousands of miles, mm. uh, and it was built uh, to travel. There was a lot of uh, inbuilt uh, strength and protection, so mm. so it, it would do those distances. Interesting. And, uh, it was fun to operate. We had a, a basic team, the same five six people, and it was just it was designed to be easy to operate. Yes. Uh, two-day show you're sitting down it's, it's all to all to hand and yeah. stuff like that so but it it's it's done it this bit and uh it needed to go interesting and,
0: so the person who purchased it i mean obviously you don't need to reveal any details associated with this person but this is clearly someone who who travels to just shows even how, how far north do you think it's going to go now it's going to break the york show and go even further north
3: it's it's based uh not that far from birmingham interesting so it, it will go around the sort of the Midlands, Birmingham area first.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, and then they will go uh, northwards with it. So it's uh, it, it's good because people up that part of the country will get to see it. We, we, we were asked a number of times, mm. but it's, it, you know, it's just, it's a hell of a way to go. Uh, especially in the UK, if you're traveling to those places on a Friday. <laughs> Friday afternoon and Friday evening, it's just it can be absolutely horrendous. Yeah. With motorways here. Oh yeah. And what, what can be uh, on Google Weather's map journey is three and a half hours. You can be seven eight hours. Oh stuck my
0: goodness. Yes. And
3: you just it, it's a lot to do. But uh, yeah, and it's it's with a trailer on the back. Yes. It was, it fitted in a, a custom trailer, which was quite handy because we could load it up first during yeah. the week. Oh yeah. And it it did mean when we came back, we didn't have to immediately unload. Yeah. Just part of the trailer. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's gone. So, uh, it enabled us to get the yard out, which, uh, was, uh, we've got, we had tight fitted covers on it. Which oh, yeah. Were, uh, keep it for very, uh, clean. Yes. but A few bits of track had got some sort of, not growth or something, some, something on it.
0: I, I, I it saw is. your Facebook post about that actually. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it,
3: it's actually, it's a little bit like if you don't wash the flux off, uh, yeah.
0: something, yeah. you get
3: that sort of texture growth, yeah. uh, type of stuff. But it wasn't that. It was in a few places. You could just see it when the light was right. So I spent a bit of time cleaning that off, uh, just give the warehouse a wipe over because we always use graphite
0: on the mm, track. Certainly.
3: Which it. so I, I re graphited it. Yeah. Uh, and Neil came over. And he did something to the electrics. He had some update. He had some new chips he had done or something. Interesting uh, To the bus controllers, uh, which he wanted uh, uh, to install. Yes. And, and he wanted to re-download everything to his computer. So he had an exact replica of it. Yeah. Uh, and he wanted to test everything. And uh, that all worked. Uh, and then the, a group of us were around and we had a running session.
1: Wonderful. Uh,
3: to try and remember what it was <laughs> we used to do. Oh, my goodness. Uh, and we found out the crane went the wrong way Uh-oh. and uh, the, the, the direction sort of forwards, it went backwards. And then mm. Neil realized he'd lent the controller to Simon for his crane and he wanted the direction the <laughs> other way around. So it was only uh, Neil quickly reprogrammed the joystick wow. and we were back to the, the normal thing. Wonderful. So we were running the crane. Uh, the, he was demonstrating the lorry TK with a new steering mm. control. The locos ran well. I'd forgotten what most of the DCC sound. <laughs> Uh, codes were so i was trying to remember what those were and uh but that they settled down and uh, we very quickly uh got got into the whole routine
0: back to the rhythm yep and
3: and it ran so now it's it's with me and i'm just adding detail because when he looks at it thought, oh crikey that's looking a bit plain Mm. as we didn't have any stock on it so there's lots of sort of pipe work uh a little bit of vegetation and growth Ooh. and detritus and very nice uh signage and bits and pieces mm. that's my task over the next few weeks mm. uh it's something i've always i've been wanting to do for ages uh yes. but now it's 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 all set up i can wander up there for half an hour do a bit walk away yeah uh, and stuff like that. so i've got that until early october when cool. it'll be uh, broken down and packed up ready to go great and then my next uh thing is that then exposes first Sunday in June, so I'll be <laughs> uncovering that yes, uh, and uh, looking at where we got to yes. and what we need to do, and Neil's going to be looking at the rotary yard and cool. uh, other bits and pieces, Very so cool. that will start happening again uh, and the garden line uh, is the, uh, the, the final-ish stage of, of the supports mm-hmm. are all down and I've put mm-hmm. the Membrane stuff down, and Terrific. I got to the point. Uh, got to the point, to the points, and I was getting to the stage. that the points I had left, all needed some sort of little bit of repair to them yes. to make uh, good functioning points for the rest of the track. And yes. then by chance, had an email come up uh, from a uh, uh, from the club member who's uh, the club had been donated uh, some track from a deceased garden railway.
0: Oh my goodness! <laughs> uh,
3: and it was all extremely. Uh, reasonable uh, value. Amazing. Uh, And the long and short of it is I've got 17 points. Oh my goodness. Uh, So I've got more than enough points to do the Do you know how
0: much O-scale points cost in this country currently? Like literally they're a commodity close to gold currently in the US. Yeah,
3: the garden, the 32 mil ones are around 50 quid a point.
0: Uh, No, 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 no. You you aren't quite understanding what inflation is like here in the US, let me tell you. I have been looking... So on Amazon yep. you used to be able to get uh number sevens uh mm-hmm. for about a hundred and ninety US dollars. Now what? I know. Now I have I I hasten my mo- my mother and my wife are not in this house currently, but my mother is actually here because I hit my head and went to hospital. Um I have two number sevens coming from Trains.com, which is literally out for delivery. I'm waiting for delivery. I'm hesitant to even say how much I've spent on O scale turnout in the US currently. Yes, there, and this is, this isn't garden scale. This is just O scale, regular two rail O scale turnouts. Let's just say I will, I will correspond with you via Facebook associated with where I'm putting my money currently in O scale two rail turnouts. Uh, they're, they're Atlas as well, which is amazing. What you might say, welcome to the inflation situation in the US currently. Gentlemen, I'm trying to get Terry Terrence on. Literally, I'm exchanging email with him, but he thought it was too late uh, because he didn't do the Pacific conversion on the email that I sent him. Um, and then because Terry's not particularly well. So unfortunately, I don't know if we'll get Terry Terrence on the show, the Craig Biscay Memorial show. We still have Tim Harrison on. So, Martin, it's been a real pleasure. Giles, thank you very much. I'm going to get you these vehicles. I'm going to put some padding around them, the Tucker in particular. Uh, some of them, literally, I don't even know if I can break into the Perspex display. Oh, I can. So, yeah, I'm going to put padding around all the vehicles as I send them to you. You might actually just receive them all out of their boxes. Giles, it's always a pleasure chatting with you on Model Rail Radio. Martin, please pass on my warmest regards to Simon. I'm sorry he couldn't make this show. Look forward to talking to you both in the future. Thank you very much for calling in.
1: Thank you very much, Tom. Look forward to it. And um, thank you very much indeed, Tom. It's been a pleasure.
0: It has been, Charles. It has been, Mark. Thank you both very much for calling in. Mike Slater, do you have audio?
5: Yep. Hopefully I don't have too much background noise.
0: You have got a bunch of background noise. Are you at a show currently? Yes, I am. Mike Slater, thank you very much for calling in to the Craig Biscay Memorial Show. Let's talk a little bit about the show that you're at, what you're doing. Firstly... You are a gentleman who has PTSD with regards to shows. What show are you at specifically?
5: I'm at the, um, uh, it's going to be a mouthful, the Southeast Wisconsin Antique Power and Collectible oh Society. Oh, my
0: goodness.
5: Uh, it's uh, a.k.a. a farm tractor show. Yes. Uh, but uh, we have a building here. Uh, they have the, the show at a uh, Racine County Fairgrounds. Wonderful. In, Racine. Uh, yeah, uh, Union Grove, Wisconsin is where the fairgrounds is. Mm-hmm. And we have one of the buildings here at the fairgrounds with uh,
0: three different train layouts in it this year. Wow. Uh, have you got your 00 or is it all Lionel or are you showing traction? What are you showing, Mike Slater? Oh,
5: uh, we, we are running uh, traction. Currently, I have Eric O'Malley here with me. Wonderful. And his two sons. Uh, right now, they're running the layout. And, Wonderful. Uh, so, yeah, we're uh, running North Shoreline uh, on our modules. Yes, <laughs> Yeah, Eric said ex- exclusively North Shore because uh Andy Breaker had to work today and so it's he didn't bring out any since he's not out here there's no IT hogging mm. up the uh our layout.
0: <laughs> Very good. Keeping it real, Mike Slater, keeping it real. Yes, yep. It sounds like a great show. I mean, obviously y- you pick the cream of the shows to go to. Is it because you're showing traction? What what of the three layouts, how many of them are traction layouts?
5: Oh, we're the only traction layout. Interesting. Uh, the the other two layouts. Uh, one of them is a a youth group uh, layout where the kids uh, do their own scenery on their modules, cool. and then the kids are running the trains. And then the cool. other one is a, a modular uh, club from uh, Mundelein, Illinois, mm. uh, that's running a layout uh, with their members, and they Wonderful. have some some teenage members also running cool. their trains around.
0: Cool. Well, Mike, thank you for calling into Model Royale Radio today. Obviously, have you did you meet Craig Biscay?
5: I don't believe I ever met him in, in person, face to face, but I know we surely talked quite a bit and I'm and sure. that on the shows and with stuff that like that. So,
0: well, we do have uh, on Timothy Harrison, who did meet Craig Biscay, and obviously has a long standing relationship with Craig. So, I might throw to him, <laughs> Tim Harrison. Do you have audio?
6: I do. Can you hear me all right?
0: I can hear you fine. So, obviously, we both knew Craig. Certainly, you know, my wife knew Craig's wife, Karen. And, you know, it's very emotional to do the Craig Biscay Memorial Show today. And I thought realistically, and thankfully, you know, Giles and Martin were on as well. It's a great opportunity. And Mike Slater, obviously, it's a great opportunity to talk to people in the hobby and remember Craig for the hobby and remember Craig for his passion for podcasting. And literally, you've worked with Craig... On the Model Railcast show. Did either of you do any other podcasts together? I mean, obviously, you've both been on Model Rail Radio. We have on Terry Terrence. Terry, oh my goodness. (laughs) Look, literally. uh, 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 Giles, are you still on? I am indeed. Hello. I have in front of me four diecast vehicles from your layout. Giles is an expert in converting diecast vehicles into radio control.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So, Giles and I have been talking and Martin and I have been talking about taking these vehicles from your layout that you sent to me and creating them as radio controlled vehicles.
4: Okay, they're a little bit small. Not for
0: Giles, not for Giles and not for (laughs) Martin, as we've been talking about. But the importance of this show is really obviously, it's a Craig Biscay Memorial show, so it's Remembering Craig but it's also remembering the people in the hobby uh, who are really amazing characters. And we've had on Jim Lincoln, well, probably not in the show recorded. We have on Tim Harrison. We have a lot of people, and you, Terry, in particular, as someone who I just think of as being a real character in the hobby who I've had the privilege of knowing thanks to Model Rail Radio. So thank you very much for calling in today.
4: Oh, thank you, Tom. I was just... (laughs) I'm. Like I said, I'm a little bit late to the party. Don't worry.
0: No, you're perfectly timed. Now. So, Giles, this is Terry Terrence, the gentleman I was telling you about. Terry has been a longtime friend of mine. He came to Show 100 with Jim Lincoln. He has been a long-standing participant in Model Rail Radio. Um, and I'm really privileged to have Terry on and you on because I'm going to get you these vehicles from Terry's lab.
1: That's lovely, and Terry, it's lovely to meet you, albeit over the uh, airwaves or whatever these things are. (laughs) Well,
0: good to meet you too as well. And, I mean, you know, Model Rail Radio is such a gift to bring people together like you both. You know, obviously, I've only talked to Charles once before, and Terry, you and I have talked so many times (laughs) just on the show, not on when Terry came to my house... There's a video online, Giles, of Terry giving a clinic at Model Rail Radio Show 100. And everyone who was at that clinic remembers Terry Terrence more than anything. The two-rail low-scale convention. Terry was feeling a little off. He wasn't feeling himself at the two-rail low-scale convention. But um, you're familiar with Model Railroad Magazine, I'm assuming?
1: Indeed. Never taken it myself over here. But yes, I am.
0: Yes. Well, anyway... There was a special thing at the OSCAR National Convention. The people of Model Railroad are historically been very uppity. Let's say uppity. Uppity is the right way to say that. <laughs> so, anyway, um Terry has a friend called Dave Vaughan. And Dave Vaughan has a layout which is... Dave Vaughan's layout is... I always forget the gentleman's name. What's the name of the gentleman on Dave Vaughan's layout, Terry, that is a large portion of the layout? Uh
4: Was a... John, John, Armstrong.
0: John Armstrong. John, does the name John Armstrong mean anything to you, Charles? Probably not. I'm afraid not so. Okay. So Dave Vaughan has a layout that is the pro, just like model railroad in the 1960s, 1970s. John Armstrong was a big name in the hobby. I think Mike Slater, if he's on, he's dropped off. Uh, would know John Armstrong anyway. So the people from Model Railroader magazine were at Dave Vaughan's layout. Now there's a fellow called Stephen Vaughan Senior. Who is a big model railroading guy, two rail scaler Terry Mayno, Stephen Vaughan Sr., or not? Stephen Vaughan Sr., so, uh, Dave Vaughan, not Stephen Vaughan Sr., was doing a thing on Jam Armstrong's layout. He was doing a presentation at the O-scale National Convention. And Stephen Vaughan Sr. got up. He was, Stephen Vaughan Sr. was wearing a model rail radio t-shirt. This man is a big railroading guy. Like, literally, he's, he's worked on the real railroads. He's cut brakes and done a bunch of stuff. Uh, this guy came and gave me a bear hug for an inappropriately long length of time at the Oskar <laughs> National Convention. And I'm literally there. I'm as tall as you are. But Stephen Vaughn Sr. giving me a bear hug is still a sight worth to see. <laughs> and Dave Vaughn, who owns this layout that has this model railroad legend guy on it, saw me at the Oskar National being hugged by this other gentleman called Stephen Vaughn Sr. So I went and to toured Dave Vaughn's layout I'm on the layout with the guys from Model Railroad, right? Now, normally in the past, there was a fellow called Bruce Chubb, who's also a guy from Model Railroad. When I had been on Bruce Chubb's layout, the guys from Model Railroad magazine had pushed me into Bruce Chubb's toilet that literally has a train going round in it because Bruce Chubb's layout is just the most extraordinary train layout you would ever see in North America. I've said that a few times. Anyway, so they pushed me aside. So on, you're going to follow me with me here, G- Giles. I'm sorry about this. So on <laughs> Dave Vaughan's layout, the guys from Model Railroad are there, and I'm there with my wife, Michelle. Now, Michelle comes to these train shows with me. I'm not sure if, I'm not even going to ask you if you have a wife and if she comes to train shows. Anyway, oh, she does. Very yes. good. So anyway, my wife is on Dave Vaughan's layout. Terry knows Dave Vaughan. Dave Vaughan shoos away the guys from Model Railroad magazine and asks me to talk, and I gave it to my wife as because I'm a happily married man <laughs> and my wife had questions. I'm like, Michelle, just ask Dave Vaughn. The guys from Model Railroad were shooed aside by Dave Vaughn so he could talk to my wife asking questions about Dave Vaughn's layout. It was one of the most beautiful things and it was all thanks to Terry Terrence who's on the call today. Did you know that, Terry? Did Dave Vaughan ever tell you that story? No, he did not, so that's news to me. And it was so wonderful, because obviously, Terry, you've met Michelle. She didn't have sodas when we were in the house, when we did Show 100, and literally, Show 100 was just a marvel for everyone that attended. But anyway, that is why Terry Terrence is a special man in my mind, and it's a real pleasure to connect you, Giles, and you, Terry, and it's a real pleasure to get Terry's vehicles to you, Giles, because it's a great story about Model Railroad Magazine and me doing this podcast. Wonderful. Wonderful. Anyway, I think I've probably said enough, Terry. How are you doing, my friend?
4: Uh I've been okay. So, you know I'm I've got this Parkinson's disease, so I'm sort of, you know, wheelchair bound,
0: yes. but Yeah. you know. Well, you went out last weekend. I mean, this is what I've really enjoyed corresponding with you. Is that you, it's literally, I mean, like when we had you on the show recently, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I, you are someone who's very special in my life, Terry, and it's a real privilege to have you on the show today. And it's a real privilege to have your cars in front of me. And I want to thank you for just keeping corresponding with me because literally sending email to you is like sending email to you when we first started model rail radio. And it's a real privilege to have you on the show today because you've been a really special person. And Michelle, you know, Michelle is taking our girls out currently, so I'm just sitting here waiting um, for her to come home and to finish up Model Rail Radio. But thank you very much for calling into the show today, Terry. It's a pleasure chatting with you.
4: Well, thank you for having me, as usual.
0: Pleasure having you on today. There we go. That is Terry Terrence, ladies and gentlemen, a Model Rail Radio and just a Model Rail legend. Giles, you two are a Model Rail Radio legend. Martin Coombs, Tim Harrison. I'd like the opportunity to talk to Tim Harrison about Craig Biscaya, a friend of ours who is no longer with us. Well, it's a privilege to have you on, and obviously the late Ryan Anderson and and Craig Biscayer and you carried yeah. on the Model Railcast show, and obviously I corresponded with the late Ryan Anderson. I corresponded with you. I was talking about this actually on... Um, Lionel Strang's AML podcast recently you may not know this but Scotty Mason and I also used to correspond like literally model rail podcasting fraternity like a brotherhood here which really is what these podcasts are about more than anything oh yeah and you and I both knew Craig obviously he didn't die in a particularly pleasant way obviously Karen was involved you were involved I was involved Jim Lincoln was involved what are your memories of Craig
6: Oh, gosh. You know, I I do have quite a few. Um, I Particularly the first time we met, uh, getting welcomed into his house uh, and walking down and just him uh, rightfully, uh, proudly, but still in a, in a humble way, showing off his work. His, his work is beautiful. I cleaned yeah. his
0: layout before he showed it to a select group of people. I don't know, in 2018, I'm assuming. Maybe 2017. And Literally to be on his lap, uh, we went out for breakfast at the same diner. Probably you went out to breakfast with him at at least once.
6: Oh yeah, yeah, like the old one.
0: Yeah, uh, no, exactly. Literally having coffee, chatting with Craig. It was like literally, and I, my view with regards to Craig Biscaya is he was just raw podcasting energy. He was just raw energy in the hobby, and he touched a number of people in the hobby. And what I wanted to do with this recording is to show how important the model railroading hobby is and how it just brings people together. Literally people from across the oceans <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally yeah. Can, can get together and just can talk about trains. And Craig knew that.
6: Yeah, definitely. Uh, definitely. And you know, what was interesting was I, I you know, meeting for that first time uh, and just getting to know him, getting to know that unique voice as you well know. And, uh, and then, Having him on the uh, the model railcast show with Ryan, and it was great because just like you say, uh, one of the things that Craig did for us and did for the show, frankly, was open us up to a more international community. Without question, yeah,
0: without question, he had friends all over. I mean, I think that's the reason. You know, this is testament to this particular recording. To know all these people, to know Terry, to know Giles, to know Martin, to know you. I mean, this is the same energy that Craig brought every time. Literally, when we had him on Model Rail Radio, he was really reaching... I mean, obviously, the stuff he was doing... He didn't even talk about lasers. He was still doing resin casting, uh, resin um, 3D printing when we last had him on. And obviously, the Model Railcast show has gone through spits and spurts. I mean, how many kids do you have currently? How many kids do you have currently? I have two. How many do you have? (laughs) Six and holding. <laughs> Very good. I have two and holding. Literally, children have been born through through doing this podcasting thing. And, you know, the late Ryan Anderson was just a character. I mean, I've had yep. the privilege to have him on. I think he's been on at least one, maybe two model rail radios. Yeah, I think so. We once had him on with Dave Frary. <laughs> I'm not even going to cast in this show, but Dave Frary, ladies and gentlemen. This is the thing that, it, I mean, people may listen to the AML recording that I just did. But the notion that I am the Jerry Springer of model railroading because I brought all these people together. (laughs) Do you know that I actually had... You you probably know that I had Jerry Springer on one of the model railroading. Yeah, I think I did know that. (laughs) Yeah, well, like, literally to be called the Jerry Springer of model railroading, to have Jerry Springer... My father, my elderly father, who is British by birth, ladies and gentlemen. I'm British by descent. I'm not even British by birth. My father is British by birth, knew who Jerry Springer was. (laughs) Yeah. do you have any final words Tim Harrison with regards to the the like Craig biscar
6: yeah and, and you know what it is is I think if we can take one thing away from Craig I think it was his contagious fascination and optimism about the hobby um, he really anytime you talked about the hobby he really truly had an excitement and uh, he liked where the hobby was going he definitely was passionate about reaching out to not just the uh the the old guard, but uh, also getting newer, younger listeners in as well. And so I I think you know, in closing, my thoughts about Craigards, I would love to carry on that legacy of mm. just having that contagious fascination and that optimism about With the that hobby. Question.
0: And I think for all of us who are married men, we just need to hug our wives. And yeah, Karen is an amazing woman. And Karen, absolutely, um, my wife has met Karen, and it's testament to. Wives in the hobby or partners in the hobby. I mean, let's not get too political about this thing. My view is that that Craig, had an amazing wife. I have an amazing wife. You have an amazing wife. Many people in this hobby have amazing partners. And really, the the strength that Karen has shown through this thing. Uh, I'm, I'm just choking mm. up through the whole thing. Anyway. Yeah. Tim, thank you very much for calling in today. It's been a real pleasure catching up. For folks listening in that may be fans of the model Railcast show... Uh, 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 too soon comes to mind when I ask this. Is Do you anticipate anyone replacing Craig?
6: You know, uh, I there's a couple people out there who, what I might do is, is because I eventually do want to start the show back up again, mm. uh, uh, I definitely want to carry that on. And there's actually there's actually a couple people who I vibe really well with mm-hmm. and uh, who I'll probably be given the call just to say, you know, maybe even do a, like a rotating kind of guest host. List.
0: Without question. We'll, we'll see. Without question. Yeah. Well, if you need me, Tim, you know where I am. Thank uh, you.
6: I really appreciate it.
0: <laughs> my, my view as well is the AML network. I appeared on the AML network recently, Uh show 200, every hundred, well, even every 50 shows, sometimes but every hundred shows, they put me on to talk about being in hospital and, hitting my head. The thing that really st- struck home with me with regards to Craig's passing was just how sudden it was yeah. and how we just need to, I mean, look, you have six, I have two. You just have to, you know, keep on doing what you're doing. And I don't even know how I'm going to edit this part of it, but yeah, let's just move on from this. Tim Harrison, it's been a pleasure yep. having you on. It's been a pleasure, a pleasure doing the Memorial show. And my view is that, uh, What's happened in this show recording has just been one for the books. Just yeah. having Giles and Terry and you and Martin on, greatly appreciated. And thank you very much for calling in today to memorialize our friend Craig Biscaya, uh, just in a wonderful way. And I think, I think if Craig were alive today, I don't even want to speculate on this, but I think Craig would have enjoyed this episode as well. I think so. Thank you very much to everyone who's called in to participate in this show. I think it's been one for the books. And certainly, you know, it's been always a pleasure to record Model Rail Radio. And I appeared on the AML Network only a week ago and talked about the, the passion and the amazing nature of doing this podcast. And it still continues to surprise me as I talk to Giles and Terry and Martin and Tim today. So thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. Look forward to you tuning into the next podcast.
1: Good night, Tom. Good night, Tom. Good night, and thank you.